Good morning, and welcome to Overeaters Anonymous, a Vision for You Big Book Study. My name is Jen A. I'm a recovered compulsive overeater, and today is Thursday, February 18, 2021, 7 a.m. Eastern Standard Time. Today we are reading from the Big Book of Alcoholics Anonymous. We're in the chapter More About Alcoholism, and we're at page 38, reading the first paragraph on through the years. Today's readers, Team Thursday, is Barb W., Margaret D., Christina J., Renee A., and Janice P.M. The reference numbers for Wednesday, February 17th is 7 a.m. Eastern Standard Time, 16,420. That's 16420. And the 10 a.m. Eastern Standard Time recording is 16,000. 421, 16421. The OA Preamble, Overeaters Anonymous, is a fellowship of individuals who through shared experience, strength, and hope are recovering from compulsive overeating. We welcome everyone who wants to stop eating compulsively. There are no dues or fees for members. We are self-supporting through our own contributions, neither soliciting nor accepting outside donations. OA is not affiliated with any public or private organization, political movement, ideology, or religious doctrine. We take no position on outside issues. Our primary purpose is to abstain from compulsive eating and compulsive food behaviors and to carry the message of recovery through the 12 steps of OA to those who still suffer. Our sole purpose. OA's fifth tradition states that each group has but one primary purpose to carry its message to the compulsive overeater who still suffers. At A Vision for You Big Book Study, our message is that people who suffer from compulsive overeating can recover through abstinence and the practice of the 12 steps and the 12 traditions of Overeaters Anonymous. I will now ask Barb W. to read the 12 steps. Hi, Barb W., recovering compulsive overeater from Naperville, Illinois, the 12 steps. One, we admitted we were powerless over food, that our lives had become unmanageable. Two, came to believe that a power greater than ourselves could restore us to sanity. Three, made a decision to turn our will and our lives over to the care of God as we understood him. Four, made a searching and fearless moral inventory of ourselves. Five, admitted to God, to ourselves, and to another human being the exact nature of our wrongs. Six, We're entirely ready to have God remove all these defects of character. Seven, humbly asked him to remove our shortcomings. Eight, made a list of all persons we had harmed and became willing to make amends to them all. Nine, made direct amends to such people wherever possible, except when to do so would injure them or others. Ten, continued to take personal inventory and when we were wrong, promptly admitted it. 11, sought through prayer and meditation to improve our conscious contact with God as we understood him, praying only for knowledge of his will for us and the power to carry that out. 12, having had a spiritual awakening as a result of these steps, we tried to carry this message to compulsive overeaters and to practice these principles in all our affairs. Thank you for allowing me to serve. Thanks, Barb W. I'll now ask Margaret D. to read the 12 tradition. Hey, this is Margaret D. Um, may I be heard? Yes, you may. Oh, great, great. Thank you. Um, good morning, everybody. The 12 traditions. One, 
Our common welfare should come first. Personal recovery depends upon OA unity. Two, for our group purpose, there is but one ultimate authority, a loving God as he may express himself in our group conscience. Our leaders are but trusted servants. They do not govern. Three, the only requirement for OA membership is a desire to stop eating compulsively. Four, each group should be autonomous, except in matters affecting other groups or OA as a whole. Five, each group has but one primary purpose, to carry its message to the compulsive overeater who still suffers. Six, an OA group ought never endorse, finance, or lend the OA name to any related facility or outside enterprise, lest problems of money, property, and prestige divert us from our primary purpose. Seven, every OA group ought to be fully self-supporting, declining outside contributions. Eight, Overeaters Anonymous should remain forever non-professional, but our service centers may employ special workers. Nine, OA as such ought never be organized, but we may create service boards or committees directly responsible to those they serve. 10, Overeaters Anonymous has no opinion on outside issues. Hence, the OA name ought never be drawn into public controversy. 11, our public relations policy is based on attraction rather than promotion. We need always maintain personal anonymity at the level of press, radio, films, television, and other public media of communication. And 12, anonymity is the spiritual foundation of all these traditions, ever reminding us to place principles before personalities. Thank you, Margaret D. Well, this is how the meeting works. Our meeting focuses on the directions for recovery described in the Big Book of Alcoholics Anonymous. We read a paragraph or two from the literature, then stop and share on what was read. Anyone can share, but we ask that you keep your sharing to the topic and literature we are discussing and that you keep your share to approximately three minutes. Singleness of purpose reminds us to identify as compulsive overeaters only. Our abstinence requirement for moderators is one year and for readers is six months. There is no abstinence requirement for sharing on topic. This meeting does request that your sharing be directly linked to what was read. We are sharing what the directions in the big book mean to us. To share, you'll press star one to unmute your phone. Once you're done sharing, let us know by saying pass, then press star one to mute your phone. In order to have a quiet meeting, everyone's phones except the speaker should be muted. So today we'll resume our study in the chapter number three, more about alcoholism in the big book. We're on page 38, the first paragraph, um, we're reading that one paragraph only. I'll ask Christina J. to begin reading today. Good morning to you, Christina. Good morning, Jen. Thank you for your service this morning. I'm Christina J. from the state of Washington, recovered for today. Grateful to be of service today. On through the years, this conduct continues, accompanied by his continual promises to be careful or to keep off the streets altogether. Finally, he can, do, he can no longer work. His wife gets a divorce, and he's held up to ridicule. 
He tries every known means to get the jaywalking idea out of his head. He shuts himself up in an asylum, hoping to mend his ways. But the day he comes out, he races in front of a fire engine, which breaks his back. Such a man would be crazy, wouldn't he? Well, you know, I'm just like this guy. I had the knowledge and the experience of the pain of what the food did to me. And yet it didn't stop me. In emotionally desperate moments, I made the age-old promises to stop. And just like the jaywalker, even divorced from a 20-year marriage, years of insecurity and awful shame as I hid in big clothes, even in 110-degree weather, and the silent scorn and ridicule from my first husband didn't stop me from another run to the corner store. I tried everything, including locking myself into the asylums of so-called healthy diets of starvation and deprivation. And yet the day I hit goal weight, I raced out to get the junk, desperate for the thrill of that food. Because that's what it was. It was a thrill to get my junk. Just like the jaywalker, it's the thrill I was chasing. I would almost shake with the anticipation as I raced to several different fast food places, and I hit the store for the sweet stuff, buying enough for at least five people because there was this fear I wouldn't have enough. I love how that word raced truly describes the desperation of getting to the first bite. Once I engaged in the thrill of that first bite of the sugar, the creamy, the chewy, the crunchy, the allergy was off to the races, and I was like a starving shark after blood. There was no stopping, and the pain that hit me after the thrill was gone, like the cars and trucks that hit the jaywalker, was unbearable. But I continued to do it over and over for five decades, and each time the internal body damage was worse and worse, just like the jaywalker. Christina, I think we've lost you. Okay, where was I, Jim? Just like the internal damage of the jaywalker. We're talking about your internal damage. Yeah. Yeah, just like the jaywalker. (laughs) (laughs) The passage reads, wouldn't he be crazy? Would he be crazy, wouldn't he? Maybe, but was I crazy? No, I learned I have a disease. And let me tell you the good news. I'm still here. And the best news for you is that you're still here on the line listening alive. It hasn't killed us yet. And if we are here and alive, there's hope. But we have to get there. And the food is in the way. The disease is in the way. It's a lie. The thrill is a lie that will kill. And for me, there was only one way out of the thrill, and that was to walk away from that thrill of eating that last box of donuts I found in my office on July 17, 2020. It was 6 a.m. in the morning. It was quiet. No one was there. I looked at the donuts. I walked away from the donuts. Then I went back. I smelled the donuts. And then I heard my breaking heart say, you can't do this again. You can't do this anymore. I felt my head drop, my shoulders slumped, and I felt devastated as I walked away from the lover, that evil lover that beat the shit out of me every time I went to him. I had to walk through the pain of leaving that thrill behind, trusting what I'd heard from you all, that there was something better than that pain that was stealing my life away every day. This month... I have been in vision seven years, and today is exactly seven months of neutrality around the food. Seven months of feeling feelings that are raw and real that I don't want to eat over, nor do I want to. God saw my willingness in that perfectly planned moment that day and graced me with the beginning of freedom. As Janis Joplin sings, freedom's just another word for nothing left to lose. And I'm not there yet. I still have a lot of me, myself, and I to surrender, but it's all okay. A higher power has me, and more and more every day as I continue to do this work. If you're suffering and in the food, there's a great hope. There's something bigger than all of us, and it can help. It really can. Even in your worst moments, it's there loving and working for you to guide us. Thank you so much, Leah. 
Melody and all the great servants of God's work here in Vision. I love you all, and I pass. Thank you, Christina Jay from the state of Washington. And although we value your experience, we ask that you limit your share to every third day in order that others might share their experience too. So who would like to share on what was read today? Melissa C. Harlan G. M- Melissa. Adriana C. Harlan. Adriana. Janice P. Rick. Lauren N. Janice. Vanessa Aaron. And Vanessa, we'll stop there. All right, let me tell you. Got to keep writing Vanessa's name. Okay, let me tell you who I have. I have Melissa, Harlan, Adriana, Rick, Janice, Lauren, and Vanessa. We'll start from the top. Miss Melissa, go right ahead. Good morning to you. Hi, good morning, Jen. Thanks so much for your service this morning. Good morning, everyone. My name is Melissa C. I'm a recovered compulsive overeater, and I live in New York. Um, so, you know, the Jay Walker to me, like, it it just illustrates um, the example of how, first of all, how it progresses, but how consequences, like, does not help the addict stop engaging in their compulsion, you know. And, and so the beginning, it's it's enjoyable, you know. It's a strange idea of fun. Pole is great. Um and it doesn't matter that, you know, losing things just doesn't seem to stop. And, you know, I can't get, like him, I can't get an idea out of my head when it's a compulsion because it means it's dominating me. It shuts up and pushes down every other thought. And, you know, like my own experience, you know, I'd lay awake at night, like unbelievable, painful consequences of eating. And, you know, like heart, like forget like heartburn and my feet hurt and, um, you know, my blood pressure high. I would lay in bed and I would be crying, um, like for real tears, like I'm never doing this again. I can't stand it anymore. And I'd wake up in the morning and my car would be like, I don't know, somehow through the drive through again, you know, again and again and again. And, um, and I was still in pain. It actually, I would still be having heartburn and I would eat. And, you know, because I have insufficient power to tell my mind what to think, that's that's insane. And so it's, okay, so there's physical pain, humiliation and ridicule, destroyed relationships, promises broken to himself, to others. Um, and the first chance he has, he's jaywalking. And you know, when I when I read this, like, it's easy to see if you don't want to see, right? If you don't want to see the connection, you might think, like I did, but food tastes good, right? Food is fun and it's social. It's not the same thing. This is ludicrous. But, you know, I'll tell you, um, the way I ate was no longer fun. If you're eating in the bathroom at social functions, and, and I know I'm not alone in that. I've heard that from other people, too. Eating food you don't even like you know, eating through pain, right, physical pain, eating in a dark parking lot at night, like shoving food in your mouth, Um, you know, for me, abandoning my morals, compromising my values, stealing food from people, and I'm a nice, honest woman, you know, and in the final days, God willing, please let them be my final days, I ate until my mouth bled, you know, it didn't taste good, and it wasn't fun, and it wasn't social, 
but it's a compulsion and it's a form of insanity. And what it tells me is that I need a new mind. I need a new experience. I need something to take over my irrational thinking. Thanks. With that, I'll pass. Thanks, Melissa C. Up next, we have Harlan G., followed by Adriana. Good morning, Harlan. Good morning, Jen. Thanks for your service. I am Harlan G. I'm a recovered compulsive overeater, and I live in Scottsdale, Arizona. As I look through the two paragraphs of the Jaywalker, the theme of insanity and bedlam come to mind, but there's also a theme that is a little more subtle that is in every line of these two paragraphs, and that is the progressive nature of the disease. In every sentence of these two paragraphs describing the jaywalker, it talks about, without saying so, the progressive nature of the disease. The disease is getting worse and worse, and his situation is getting worse and worse and worse. And this is something that I have to pay attention to. I was a circuit speaker. I was traveling around and I relapsed. Well, what happened in retrospect? This is years ago. I have 22 years of current abstinence. But what happened? I was giving, giving, giving in step 12, but I wasn't taking care of me. And what's very important for me to remember is, is that steps 10 and 11 come before 12. If I'm going to be the lifeguard at the lake, I better know how to swim. I better be in recovery. I better do the work, yes, to serve others. Absolutely. No question about it. But in order to prepare for that, I must have had a spiritual awakening, and I must be expanding and enlarging my spiritual life through service and self-sacrifice for others. But the prerequisite for that is I have to be in recovery. The progressive nature of this disease is described in Bill's story in the first eight pages, and it is described beautifully in every one of the scenarios in More About Alcoholism. That theme comes from Peabody, who wrote The Common Sense of Drinking, which is one of the books that framed this book that we're holding in our hands right now, the big book of Alcoholics Anonymous. If I am not doing more and more as time goes on, for my recovery and the recovery of others, this is a fact. The disease will come up and tackle me from behind in the most vicious way possible. The disease does not stand still. The disease progresses and grows. The disease gets worse and worse over time. And so my efforts to get a spiritual awakening as the result of the steps must increase as time goes on. My efforts must increase to at least the degree and more so than the disease progresses. And this is one of the big mistakes that I made many years ago when I went into relapse. I settled into an effort. I settled into a routine and I settled in and it became comfortable and I ended up face down in the Susie Q's face down in Little Debbie's and Oreo cookies. And so the lesson of the jaywalker is not just insanity for me. The lesson of the jaywalker is as the disease grows and progresses, so must my efforts to attain recovery. They must be likewise progressive as well. And with that, I will pass. Thanks, Jen, for your service. 
Absolutely. Thank you, Harlan G. Up next, we have Adriana, followed by Rick J. Good morning to you, Adriana. Hi, good morning, Jen. Thank you for your service. This is Adriana T., Recovered Compulsive Overeater in Michigan. And um, what I got to thinking about um, in this part of the Jay Walker story um, was, you know, the, the continued promises he made and all the different ways he tried to, you know, solve his jaywalking problem. And um, in lieu of um, the Lenten season for my religion, um, I remember so many times uh, when I was in the disease saying, oh, I'm going to give up this, I'm going to give up that. And um, there was even a time where I'm like, oh, I'm going to have three meals with nothing in between. Oh, but I can take Sundays off. And so um, it didn't consist of uh, healthy foods, of course. Um, Somehow Skittles would end up in my meals. And so it's just funny that I didn't really see – you know, the insanity of my disease at the time. and But I just remember, um, you know, uh, having my free day on Sunday and um, when it was like 11 o'clock at night, this was in college, um, running down to the vending machine because I have to have my snacks before midnight strikes. And, you know, just all the insanity of, um, you know, thinking that is, you know, pleasing to God and not really realizing that it had this disease of, of the mind and body where, you know, I really couldn't stick to any promises that I wanted to make to God, even if it was, you know, in an in, in a earnest desire to grow closer to God. But with this disease and with food in the way, I really couldn't make good on any promise. And um, it's just really cool being a recovered person this um, season because, you know, I decided to give up um, TV. And since I don't have an allergy of the body and obsession of the mind when it comes to TV, I can do that without obsessing about TV. (laughs) It's just kind of interesting, the contrast between my relationship, you know, to, um, you know, other ways of um, freeing myself for God and the way the food had a control over me. Um, So, I guess I'm just really grateful that I have that freedom from food today. And um, talked about, you know, that it's contingent on my daily work in the program, um, on my own recovery and my service to others. And so, um, yeah, I just have to um, keep seeking God in new ways and desiring um, to be closer to him and doing the actions it takes to get there. So with that, I'll pass. Thanks. Thank you. Okay, up next we have Rick J. followed by Janice P.M. Hello, Rick. Good morning, Jan. Uh, this is Rick J. I'm a recovered but not cured compulsive overeater in Cary, North Carolina. And thanks for your service this morning, Jan. Thanks for being there for us. Um, on through the years, this conduct continues, and uh, this is after he has uh, decided to stop jaywalking for good and has broken both his legs. With a fractured skull and a broken arm, and and it just reminds me of the years that uh, you know that my compulsive overeating continued after you know hitting a bottom after you know um, deciding that yes I will quit now <laughs> and here's how I'm going to do it uh, you know including going to um, OA meetings and 
working with sponsors and sponsoring people and, you know, and having these incredible uh, moments of uh, clarity and spiritual connection. And, um, you know, and it's already been beautifully said by the other sharers. I don't have a whole lot to add to that. You know, it, it is about progression. And I was thinking about how, um, you know, it's the, uh, you know, the progression, uh, these different sort of different tracks that are progressing, you know, uh, of course, the obsession is progressing. Uh, and, you know, he starts off skipping in front of fast moving vehicles and then ends up racing in front of the fire engine. And I, I for some reason, I was thinking about being a little kid, and you know, my, um, you know, my mother was, you know, had a huge family and we have these big family reunions. And I can remember always like going to the dessert table at these family reunions and, and I would just be like excited and happy and skipping out in front of it, you know, and looking. And then, you know, then as I got older, I'd be like stalking, you know, this table and then racing at the end, you know, knocking everybody the hell out of my way to get to it. Um, you know, but, you know, in, in my mind, you know, that obsession is, is, uh, is increasing, uh, so much that I'm, I am, uh, you know, in a world of, of powerlessness and unmanageability, um, you know, and, um, he's, you know, the jaywalker, he's, he can no longer work, he, you know, his wife divorces, he's held up to ridicule, he's in an asylum, you know, so that progression and, uh, you know, and then after deciding to stop, you know, he continues, um, to promise to be careful or he's going to keep off the streets he tries every known means to get this idea out of his head. He's hoping to mend his ways, uh, you know, and of course he ends up with a broken back. I mean, everything progresses along with this, you know, in every area of my life. Um, and the other thing I was thinking about that, that phrase that says, uh, you know, there's a bottom below the bottom, you know, um, you know, yeah, I could be in the hospital with two broken legs. God, you can't get any worse than this. And then I'm back in the hospital with a broken back. I have to, understand what i'm dealing with here but thank god that you know a spiritual program of action enables me to to keep progressively recovering but i have to do the action my actions have to keep progressing too my connection with my higher power has to keep connecting my um you know progressing and my connecting uh to others you know that connection that i have to others and everything that i'm doing uh you know, has to keep progressing or I will end up, you know, back in the hospital, um, proverbially speaking. So I am just grateful to be here. I'm grateful to be, uh, you know, able to identify in with this Jay Walker uh, as we all can in our own experience. And, and if you're having trouble identifying with this Jay Walker, uh, you know, then identify with us identifying to the Jay Walker. And, um, and that's what I had to do, you know, just just be open minded and willing and, and be here and, um, you know, but start doing the actions, start working this this program with someone who is recovered. Um, and we can, you know, we can keep off those streets one day at a time. All right. That's uh, all I have with that. I pass. Thank you. Thank you, Rick. Up next, we have Janice PM followed by Lauren. Good morning, Janice. Well, good morning to you, Jenny. This is Janice PM, and I'm a grateful recovered compulsive overeater from, um, well, really, Medford, Massachusetts. Um, yeah, on through the years, on through the decades, on through the decades for me, this behavior continued. 
And I really, really promised myself that, you know, I am going to, I, I, I am going to fix this physical problem that I have. And that's all it was to me. It was physical. I didn't realize that I have a spiritual problem. And we cannot, I could not fix this problem that was spiritual with physical means. And that's what I was doing because I didn't know. I really didn't know that I was insane, that my thinking was not, you know. And, you know, I compared myself to other people in the rooms. One was diabetic. I said, that's why she doesn't eat certain substances. Another one was 100 pounds. And I compared, compared, compared. But then I said, well, my life isn't like that. I have a home and I didn't lose my job. And, you know, that high bottom that we think that we're so different that I think, but I thought I was so different. So, you know, I tried every known means to get this idea. The idea comes from my mind. And my mind was warped. My mind was sick, you know. So as I progressed physically, not even, you know, the manageability of my life by me, I thought was okay, but that, of course, progressed. But the real progression is in my head. <laughs> I always thought, well, I'll do this next. Oh, I'll have my husband, uh, you know, do my teeth. I'll have him, you know, put the, the wires on my teeth and I don't have to eat them. And then I said, geez, how am I going to do that? I wasn't thinking of consequences at all, of course. Um so the walking, the eating idea out of my head. So what does he do? He, he uh, you know, he shuts them up, and, you know, himself in the treatment center. Um, well, that was a physical means. It wasn't spiritual. You know, we have to, you know, I had to address, no matter how smart I thought I was, I had to address this spiritual solution. Otherwise, Failure, failure, failure. And for me, it starts with step two. Of course, you know, there has to be somebody, something else other than myself. So it's the insanity. Yes, it is. And until we can just open that door a little bit, you know, the inability that I had to see the whole truth and nothing but the truth. Uh, so help me God. And uh, it was always in my intellect thinking I was so smart, um, but I always failed, didn't I? The Jay, you know, like the jaywalker, I knew the dangers, but I couldn't stop. <laughs> I just couldn't stop. I was just treating the symptom. And with that, I'm going to pass. Thanks. Thanks, Janice. Up next, we have Lauren, followed by Vanessa. Good morning, Lauren. Good morning, Jen. Good morning, all. Wow, can I relate to this? But I did not, absolutely not see any of it until until I got recovery. How amazing it was when I was um, just around turning 50 or just after turning 50, had diabetes had gained 150, 100 pounds over and over again, had my, had my first bariatric surgery and was 
was looking for my second and I had no idea that I was running in front of a fire engine all the time. I had no idea when I had, after I had my second bariatric surgery and was getting ready to gain all the weight back yet again and came running or came, you know, crawling into these rooms and heard this message and actually was able to step back and realized that that was my obsession. I had diabetes and I had 14 sizes in my closet. And I did not know that every single time I kept thinking, well, this time I'll have one. This time I can just do that. This time I don't need to do to do all these things to keep my sobriety. I was just running in front of the fire engine and getting ready to break my back again. I did not know how sick I was until I got entire abstinence and recovery in this program. I was an angry, selfish shell of a woman who was almost 300 pounds at 5'1", wearing size 32. Now I'm a woman who struggles every day to be human and to remember that selfishness is something that I work that I work really hard to get over but I am so grateful I am so grateful that I am in this program and have sobriety every single day and do for the majority of the time exactly what my sponsor tells me to do to keep it one day at a time and thank you all for being here every day and keeping this fresh in my mind. And with that, I pass and I'm grateful for you all. Thanks, Lauren N. All right, up next, we're gonna have Vanessa. Vanessa, before uh, you speak, let me just share with everybody where we're at. We're on page 38. We're in more about alcoholism, that's chapter three. We're uh, one paragraph down reading the first paragraph. It begins through on throughout the years. So we'll take names after we hear Vanessa. Good morning to you, Vanessa. Vanessa, go ahead and press star one. Hi, may I be heard now? Yes, you may. Go right ahead. And good morning, Jen. Thank you so much for your service. Good morning, everybody. And Vanessa, gratefully recovering. And thank you so much, Christina, for that beautiful share and that read. It was so good to hear you read. Yeah, the the craziness and the racing are two of the words that really stick out to me. And I definitely relate to the jaywalker. Um, and just two examples of some of the, the craziness Um I remember the day that I sat eating in the bathroom and I would chew my food and spit it into the toilet 
because I didn't have a gag reflex and bulimia wasn't an option for me. And then years later, I looked back and realized what a huge gift and blessing that was um, because I did not continue that particular way of eating. It was not satisfying. And the other one that I remember distinctly is buying a pint of ice cream and sitting in the car eating it with a plastic fork because that's all that I had available to me. Um, and there's, there's lots of other stories like that. And of course, with the overeating, and I am I'm so grateful that I found this program um, and specifically Vision because this is the first time that I really feel, I'm starting to feel, I have 51 days now and I'm starting to feel this neutrality that people talk about that just felt like, how is that even possible? Like it, it really is miraculous. And listening to this call every day and being reminded of, of the dire nature of this disease and its progressiveness has been so important. Um, I don't know how I would live without it. And I know my forgetter would kick in and the racing, of course, the racing to the store, literally in my car driving, like, you know, like a crazy person, even after years of recovery in other programs where part of my thing was like, I'm going to be patient and I'm going to drive, you know, like a kind and loving person. So I don't have to put on my 10 step that I wasn't kind and loving to all. When it came to food, I was not. I was racing to the store and I would elbow people out of the way so I could get my food. And thanks to working this program, things have changed so miraculously. And I wanted to share an experience that I've had recently about um, with the two-way prayer, which many people in recovery do know about. It's about, you know, writing a question to God and then waiting for the answer. And I just did one recently, and the answer that came to me, and it was about not, not still not fully being able to feel my emotions. The answer came was to sit really, really sit for at least 30 minutes with each meal and play classical music, indulge all of my senses um, when I'm eating and be really present with my food. And I did that for the first time. I did that for every meal yesterday. And after the first time doing it, I actually had just a really amazing spiritual experience and I started to cry and I really was able to feel some grief and some emotions. Um, and all I can say is that it it really was miraculous and it was like a just a beautiful prayer to eat in this way, to listen to my higher power um, with the directions that I was given and to actually follow them. And I am so grateful. So thank you so much, everyone, for being here. Thank you for letting me share. And with that, I pass. Thank you, Vanessa. All right. And so although we value your experience, we ask that you limit your share to every third day in order that others might share their experience too. We're on page 38, more about alcoholism. First paragraph begins with on through the years. Who would like to share on what was read today? Shannon S. Shannon S. Sorry, there was a male voice in there. I didn't grab the male voice. I have Shannon S. Sherry A. Who else is in there? Renee A. Renee A, Pete B, Pat G, Pat G, Kathy M, and Kathy M. We'll stop there. Thanks, everybody. All right. This is who we have on our lineup this morning. We, oh, goodness, typo or righto. <laughs> okay, we have Shannon S, Pete B, Sherry A, Renee A, Pat G, and Kathy M. Good morning, Shannon. 
press star one for me, Shannon. Hi, good morning. This is I can hear you. Shannon. Yay! This is Shannon S. And I am uh, recovered just for today from compulsive overeating calling from Littleton. And I, <clears throat> excuse me, love the story of the jaywalker um, because it tells me who who I am um, if I pick up the food. And and it, it's a little bit of um, a dramatic story, but it's me. And um, when I was using food as my solution, which is what I was doing, the, the obsession of the mind would come in, and, and then my solution to the food would be, I'll start on Monday. I'll only eat dessert when I'm at a restaurant. Um, the latest and greatest book that would tell me how to stop um, eating so much, and that solution never worked. And like like the jaywalker, I would I would go back out and I would do it again because I, I didn't have a solution um, that was adequate. And um, and you know the the paragraph that we're reading today just talks about you know things got worse. He gets divorced. He can't work. Um, and just trying really hard to not continue to jaywalk. And um, and and. All of the things that, that he's trying, they still aren't working. Um, and he goes and jaywalks again. And, and I'm just like that because I am a compulsive overeater. And without a program that, that is bigger than me and, and, um, and a, a power greater than me every single day, I'll jaywalk again. I will eat again. And, um, and, and what I love is I have the solution. I don't have to search for a solution. Um, I don't have to try uh, a new diet. I don't have to try to restrict. I don't have to try all of those things that I did um, because they didn't work. I can just follow the directions in the book. And I can show up um, to meetings like this one and because, you know, there's power in this meeting. And, um, and I can do the work. And, and I don't have to be the jaywalker again. And um, trying it enough without a power bigger than me, it just shows me, yes, I am, I am this story. And so I'm really grateful that these are in the book because if I start to forget as I read, um, I'm reminded. And then I get to identify with this and say, yep, I'm one of them. And so I better, I better keep showing up. So um, with that, I pass. And um, thanks for the opportunity to share. Thank you, Shannon S. Up next is Pete B., followed by Sherry A. Morning, Pete. Thanks. Good morning, Jen. Thanks Thanks for calling on me. My name is Pete B. I'm a compulsive overeater recovered today by God's grace and mercy. I'm in Pennsylvania. And uh, thanks for taking the meeting. Appreciate your service. And, you know, I, I think what I appreciate about the story about the Jay Walker, it was actually the first story that I read where I could actually relate to what my, what my experience was with drinking. Right, is that you know same same kind of thing, and 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 really appreciate um, you know calling out like it, it it spells out the progression, it illustrates the progression of this you know ridiculous illness that we share. Um, you know, after after reading it and considering it and thinking about you know my makeup, you know, it started to I started to look at this story differently, and you know the with, with the jaywalker. 
you know, the, the, the seeking of the thrill was not his problem, right? The, seek, the thrill seeking, right, the need for instability, for challenge, for excitement, that's an instinct given to us by the creator. It's in us like all of us, just like the instinct to eat is in us, right? Just, just like the instinct to be part of a society is in us, right? All of those things are natural instincts. That's not his challenge. That's not his problem. His problem is he's using the wrong solution that in spite of his experience and knowledge and what has happened to him, he's unable to seek another solution, right? Another way to meet that instinctual need, right? Like in spite of all of everything he did, he can't find another way that was going to meet that need, right? And it reminds me that I don't need to condemn these feelings and these needs that I have inside of me put inside me from the creator, right? What I have to do is, is, is be able to be, you know, in being restored to sanity is understand which ones are healthy and which ones are unhealthy, right? Like my, like my instinct to eat and the natural reaction to eating, the sense of ease and comfort, I don't have to be afraid of that, right? I don't have to be that, like that, that's, that's was put in there by the creator, right? What I have to remember is that there are certain things associated with eating, certain substances, certain ingredients, certain behaviors that cause me to act differently from other people. And therefore, I have to find another, you know, I have to find other sources to address that need in a healthy way, the right food the right substances, the right behaviors, the right practices, right? Just like with the, 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 the jaywalker, right? If the jaywalker found thrill and excitement out of sharing in a vision for you meeting, then Matt met his need for excitement, his need for something to break up the monotony, that would be fantastic. Maybe, maybe, he, found, maybe he found, you know, talking to other jaywalkers about his experience in the hope that perhaps that's going to be some kind of example to these other people, right? That's the same, that's the same, you know, the, the, the challenge with the jaywalker is not that he had a, th- a desire for thrill seeking. It exists in all of us. The challenge for the jaywalker is he's the wrong solution that in spite of his experience, he could not bring into consciousness with, with sufficient force the pain and the suffering caused by the last experience, right? He doesn't have to be, a, you know, he doesn't have to condemn himself and live, you know, a plain vanilla diet, and, you know, just like us, you know, I don't have to eat cardboard and styrofoam in order to maintain my abstinence because I'm afraid my food might get too exciting for me, right? The excitement is not the challenge. The phenomenon, the injurious aspect of food for me, right, is that it causes the phenomena of craving, Right? The injurious aspect of food is not the fact that it brings me the sense of ease and comfort. The injurious aspect of the man's jaywalking right, is the fact that he gets crippled. Right? The, the, the fact that he has the desire for excitement is not his problem. The way he's, going to, the way he's meeting it is his Hi. problem. With that, I'll pass. Thanks, PB. Up next is Sherry A. followed by Renee A. Morning, Sherry. Good morning, Jen. Thanks so much for your service. Um, And thanks so much for the shares. Um, 
when I read about how he races in front of a fire engine, um, I think about what I felt like um, before I put the food down and how I literally felt like I wanted to jump out of my skin. And I did not know what to do with my emotions or what was going on in my family or my life. And, and I, desperately, I desperately did not want to pick up the food. And I think of him and I wonder um, when I read this, what was he running from? What was he trying to escape? And for me, I know that um, are just kind of the normal things that people experience in life that I found emotionally overwhelming. And all I knew how to do was go into the food to try and escape this feeling that I needed to jump out of my skin because I, because my life was unmanageable. Um, and so I just, I am so grateful for um, the grace to just get started and have somebody, you know, grab a hold of me and say, hey, you don't have to, you don't have to race in front of the fire engine. You can, you can take a different path. You can, there's power that will allow you to be alive and to feel things. Um, and if you can just surrender, then you don't have to race in front of the fire engine. And so I'm just super grateful. Um, so very happy to be here on the line this morning. And thank you all for the shares. Um, that was really great. Um, with that, I'll pass. Thanks, Sherry A. Up next is Renee A, followed by Pat G. And then we'll try and get you in, Kathy M, if there's still time on the clock. Go ahead, Renee. Good morning. This is Renee A. in Tulsa, Oklahoma, recovered just for today. Um, you know, whenever I talk to other people about this story, a lot of people say that they, uh, you know, can't relate to it, have a hard time, you know, putting themselves in his place. And I have never, ever had a hard time relating to this story because what I really relate to is the insanity of his behavior because it um, is you know, exactly like the insanity of my behavior, uh, doing things over and over again in spite of the consequences. Um, this morning when I read this, I looked, uh, and there, that one sentence uh, stood out to me just like flashing red lights. He tries every known means to get the jaywalking idea out of his head. You know, I tried every known means to get that compulsive, obsessive um, idea of food and what I was going to eat next and, you know, what I was going to eat after that. And, you know, I tried everything I could think of to get that thought out of my head. Um, it's already been shared this morning. One thing I tried is I tried to control that mental obsession by um, physical means like diets and um, you know, all of that kind of stuff. And of course, to no avail, because um, I tried to to fix the mental aspect of this disease uh, with with something 
you know, with, with a physical solution. Um, you know, I have tried all the tips and tricks that we hear about, you know, oh, well, whenever I notice this kind of thinking, um, you know, then I have to do this or whatever. And, uh, you know, I'm just, I have to say that just doesn't work for me because the problem is um, that mental obsession, that thought about food, that compulsion, it will always, always win out, always. Um, I've never found a way yet in all of my years of compulsive overeating to get out around that except for the treatment that's outlined in this book. Um, you know, that, that people say, you know, my disease is in the, in the parking lot doing push-ups. Well, you know, mine's not. It's in my head, and it is thinking of more deceptive, cunning, um, deceitful ways to work its way into my life. And I, I don't have enough power to resist that on my own. Um, so I am very, very grateful today for this program, for you guys, and for most especially for a relationship with a power that's bigger than me, because that's it for me. There is no other solution. I have to have a relationship with a power bigger than me, because my power is insufficient. It's completely insufficient. Um, and with that, I'm going to pass. Thanks so much, you guys, for being here. Thanks, Renee A. Up next, we have Pat G. and Kathy M. Uh, we won't have time for your show this morning on the first hour, but stick around, and I'm hoping that Leslie W. will get you in if you can, if you can stay. Go ahead, Pat. My name is Pat G., and I'm a compulsive overeater food addict from Palm Harbor, Florida. And very grateful to be here this morning and thank everybody on the line, everybody involved in this program, which is saving my life one day at a time. And what I related to is the first two sentences, particularly his conduct continues and continual promises. You know, along the path, they're kind of parallel. I'm acting the same way and then I'm still making myself say, oh, no, no, I won't do that. I'm going to do that. I'll continue a promise to be careful. That's telling me that I'm trying to do it. I'm trying to do it myself, and I can't without my higher power and this program. And um, I remember getting up in the morning and saying, I'm not going to do this today, or I'm going to be kinder, or whatever it is. And then the same thing with the food. You know, I won't touch that. I won't have that. And by 10 o'clock in the morning, I'm off to the races. Um, the other part that hit me is that uh, every known means, that means that, Everything outside myself, everything outside this program, everything outside my power that I tried, uh, that every known means, and none of it worked because this is not an outside issue. This is an inside issue. This is a heart and soul and mind issue, and um, I'm just grateful to be here, and I thank you very much. Thank you, Pat G. I appreciate it. All right, and that closes us out for today. Thank you to everyone who shared. Please join us for a second unrecorded hour of study immediately following this closing. The share ID for today, Thursday, February 18th, 7 a.m. Eastern Standard Time is 16,427. That's 16427. We will now close with the reading from the big book on page 164, followed by the serenity prayer. Will Renee A. please read A Vision for You? This is Renee A. Recovered in Tulsa, Oklahoma. Our book is meant to be suggestive only. We realize we know only a little. 
God will constantly disclose more to you and to us. Ask him in your morning meditation what you can do each day for the man who is still sick. The answers will come if your own house is in order. But obviously, you cannot transmit something you haven't got. See to it that your relationship with him is right and great events will come to pass for you and countless others. This is the great fact for us. Abandon yourself to God as you understand God. Admit your faults to him and to your fellows. Clear away the wreckage of your past. Give freely of what you find and join us. We shall be with you in the fellowship of the Spirit, and you will surely meet some of us as you trudge the road of happy destiny. May God bless you and keep you until then.